We tell stories that from the outside could look like sad stories. But when you learn about the families, when you hear the story, when you hear the purpose and the joy, you realize they are not sad stories at all. They are happy stories. If we can learn what everybody deep down really needs, maybe we can learn to serve and love on each other better. The majority of our guests will be special needs related, but that's not all of our guests. We are going to have some guests that really don't have any special needs, but have been through something tough. We're hoping that this podcast can bring hope and joy and hopefully make you laugh a little bit. And even though it's not always easy, it's totally worth it. Hello, hello, and thank you for joining us for the Totally Worth It podcast. This is episode number 15. I am Amy Gayhart, and I am here with my hunka hunka burning love, Johnny G. Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) Elvis. Elvis. Uh Amy G, we are recording on a Friday again. Yes. Which seems to be our favorite day to record. And we... Is it our favorite or our only option? Our only option. Okay. But it's also Friday afternoon, and so you're a little bit relaxed, right? Because it's Friday. I am. Maybe not you. Yes. But this weekend, we have a staycation. I know. We've we've talked about this on a few episodes, how we don't do a lot great. We don't do date nights very well. No. But we do getaways really well. Yeah. Several times a year. Usually, it's a one night at a local hotel. This weekend, this this weekend is two nights. Two nights. And out of the blue, it was like Monday or Tuesday. It was Tuesday night. I was laying in bed. We were both exhausted. We, it seems like since school has started, we've just been like packing in as much as we could do because we haven't been able to do it. We haven't been able to do home. it. And we've got Jack and Driver's Ed, yes. which is by us, which is a couple hours a day and it's brutal. Almost that we're close to the end. Yeah. But everybody is tired. But Tuesday night, I was like, let's um, let's go out or let's spend a night away. And you were motivated because you saw Jamie and Aaron have a getaway. Yes. Yes. I knew that. So I'm thinking, God, and let's face it, like it's expensive to go. We get that totally. Luckily, not luckily you travel a lot, but <laughs> that is one of the parks yeah. of you getting to travel is that we do have points that we can use for things like that. This so happened to be, I found <laughs> an old gift certificate that expired. Last old- Christmas. Uh, last November. Last yeah. November. And I called them and just told them the situation. They extended it. Awesome. So two nights free. So we're about to go. About about 12 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> After we record this. Yep. We're out of here. We're out. Peace out. And it, so episode is over. Bing. Episode is con- concluded. Going. No, but then it took uh, an act of Congress. Not really. No. It took a lot of coordination for you to be able to confirm. It took yeah. a few days to say, yes, we can do it. Yeah. Or can we go one night? Can we go two nights? But we're out. We're, we are out of here. We're out. And, and we, we may we have, not. We have set out the medicine. We may not leave the room. We may just uh, sit there with the TV on and that. lay yeah, down. For sure. It'll be great. All right. We have an amazing episode today. We have one of the most unique guests that we've ever had. Just Very because, dynamic. Very dynamic. Yeah. And what he speaks on, and he's very well known, his name is Garen Jones, and we're going to introduce him at the end of the episode. Stick around. He's later in the episode. You will want to hear him because he's awesome. But Amy and I have a few things to share before we get to our interview with Garen. Yes. But first, we're going to give a shout out to our podcast sponsor. Real Paper is life-changing toilet paper that is tree-free and made from 100% bamboo. 
with home delivery straight to your doorstep. Never run out of toilet paper again as you choose how often you want them to deliver and shipping is free. Did you know that there are 2.4 billion people with no access to a toilet? Every roll purchased from Real helps support their mission to provide access to clean toilets to those in need around the world while also giving American households a way to reduce their carbon footprint. Our listeners can get 25% off of your first order by using the coupon code TOTALLYWORTHIT. That's all one word and all lowercase. Order today at realpaper.com. Real paper. Do good. Feel good. Amy, our sponsor, continues to humor me because this week I'm going to talk about something related in the next segment. What's the next segment called? See, what had happened was... Wait a minute, we don't discuss toilet paper related activities. I know, but, but one of the things that yeah, was... I see what you did there, but. <laughs> Slater. <laughs> one of the things that I saw trending on, not, it wasn't even trending on Twitter. It was a news story on Twitter and it's at the very top. So when you're going through different news stories on Twitter, different pages, there's an entertainment section and a sports or whatever. One of them, the very top had a video that taught you how to take the perfect toilet paper related activity. Come on. <laughs> I promise. So we have now coined this TPRA. TPRA. It said toilet paper related. No. Oh, good gosh. Nobody knows that. Sorry. Nobody listens to us. No. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> but how to take the perfect thing that we don't talk about. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And it's an animated video and it's really well done and it's hilarious, but so uncomfortable at the same time. So I click on it and it's telling you literally, how do you take the perfect toilet paper related activity? And so just a couple of the suggestions. Are we running out of things to write about or create videos about? Here's the first thing that you can John, do. John, we're going to talk about this? Do you know what the first thing you can do is? Moo like a cow. John, this is... I'm, I'm, I promise it's on this oh. science-based video. Science-based. It says it's based on science. You can move like a cow. It gives you different sitting positions. Squatting is the absolute best, by the way. And then, of course, it talks about your exercise and diet. But when I've, oh, I start watching this video, first off, I start laughing. Then I get uncomfortable because it's got graphics of different things that can happen. And I'm like, is this really going on? And then the first suggestion is... Moo like a cow. I don't under what is what did it say? Why does that help? Um, it open like it opens no. up stomach things going on. It's official. It, We've run out of stuff. <laughs> we have run out of stuff. But it was the top video. I saw it yesterday, and I'm like, this can't be real. It's got to be a, low, a slow business day. It was the top one again today, and it's got all of this activity going on. People are really interested. Mm -mm. They want to know how to do this better. Are they or are they bored? No, there's plenty of going. There's plenty of things going on in the world right now. I don't know. For Not this if to be, this is what we're doing. If this is what we're writing about. Maybe you should read it. Maybe you need to be interested in this, and you don't know you need to be interested hey, in this. All right. I can't talk about this anymore. <laughs> I am done. This is totally crossing the line. I know. I can't. Handle it. But I thought it was funny, especially with our sponsor being Real Paper. I'm like, I gotta go watch this video. It's a it's a I'm funny not going video. To watch the video. I know that you're going to watch it. You're no, going to say that you're not going to watch it. You're going to watch it and you're going to be amazed. Let's talk about this. If I say I'm not going to do something, <laughs> I'm not going to do something. Don't tell me what I'm going to do. I'm going to report back on next week's episode about 
when I walked in on you, you watching the, <laughs> watching this video. Well, better than walking in on me doing a TPRA. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. No. Is that all you've got? Is no, that what you that's brought not all today? Got. That's all I've got. That's the funny. We said we were going to bring something funny and light. We needed to bring light. We did. I do want to give an update on the story from last week that I uh -huh. gave about Daniel Prude. Yes. Which was very heavy. Um, the main thing that I wanted to report is that nothing that I said last week seemed to be incorrect. <laughs> well, that is... That, I was worried that is because I kept one. getting... Right. I, this story was really un, almost unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And so I was worried, even throughout the week. I'm like, man, I hope that I didn't misrepresent that. So as I got more and more information, I didn't say anything that seemed to be incorrect. I still want people to call me out if you think I did. Um, but you forwarded me a podcast from earlier in the week. And it's from The Daily, which the is Daily. a really popular podcast. Mm -hmm. They did a 30-minute segment, I think it was on Tuesday, and the title of the episode was What Happened to Daniel Prude? Mm -hmm. So everybody should go, I listened to it, everybody should go listen to it because it actually pulled all the audio from what actually happened. Mm -hmm. So you hear everything. Mm -hmm. And everything is as bad as we think. Mm -hmm. So the only, like, a couple of missing pieces, there's a lot of information in this podcast, which is really good. It puts a light on the whole thing. A couple of things that I didn't know last week, so of course I couldn't speak on, is Daniel Prude didn't live in Rochester. He lived in Chicago with his sister, or his sister also lived in Chicago. The sister saw that something had been going on with him, sent him up on a train to his brother in Rochester. His brother noticed he was just acting different, sent him to the hospital. The hospital did evaluations sent him home after three hours and said, nothing's wrong with him. That's when, when he got home, he kind of freaked out. Okay. And he ran mm -hmm. and his brother, his brother's on the podcast. You hear all the audio is concerned because he's out there running and there's a train and he didn't know if he was going to hurt himself. His brother stayed at home and the police came there to talk to him while other police were off handling Daniel Prude. Okay. okay? Next thing the brother hears is that, we sent him to the hospital because he something went wrong and and he got sent to the hospital. Daniel, uh, his brother could not go see him in the hospital because of COVID. They wouldn't let him go see him until seven days later. And the reason they brought him in was because there hadn't been any activity and they wanted to see if they wanted to pull him off life support. That was the next time the brother saw him. What you hear going on in the audio, and there's somebody that's narrating, mm -hmm. um, is he was being very, Daniel Prude was being very cooperative until they put the hood on him. Mm -hmm. When they put the hood on him, it set him off. And he was saying crazy things like, give me your gun, yeah. things like that. But he's in handcuffs. And he's, he's naked. And he's naked. So he has nothing on him. Right. He's going crazy. So they got on top of him to restrain him during the restraining process is when they pressed his head against the pavement. Also, he started vomiting. Mm. Okay. And so you hear somebody in the audio say, that's a clear sign of drug overdose. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so there is that stuff that's going on. They're pointing each other to, this is drug induced. Gotcha. Then he stops breathing and they start CPR. But it seems like the people that were there are pointing to drug overdose. It wasn't till, and so then he goes to the hospital. Seven days later, they pull him off. It wasn't until a couple of months later that the family receives the medical report 
where it says he died from suffocation. Wow. So it's as bad as we thought. Gotcha. Listening to the audio and things there is just very enlightening and very interesting. So everybody go to the daily podcast. We're going to put a link to that podcast episode in our show notes. So you can go straight there. But I, that's the update. Is information correct? There's more to the story, but it, it is as bad as we thought. Mm. Well, let me do a quick update on Tamisha Beauchamp okay. Okay. that we talked about last week. If you remember, she was um, the 20-year-old woman who had cerebral palsy. And um, she had a seizure. Paramedics came to her house. And at that point, she was declared dead. Okay. This is how she never went to the hospital. Okay. The paramedic called the doctor because a doctor has to pronounce them dead. Right. Okay. So a paramedic called um, the doctor at the hospital and told him what was going on. So he just declared her dead over the phone. Really? Yes. That can happen? I guess so. It did. So these, anyways, these four paramedics, their licenses are suspended right now. And they're suing to get them cleared. The, fam the family suing? The paramedics, the paramedics are, are suing, saying yes. they shouldn't be suspended. Right. And the paramedics are claiming Lazarus syndrome, which is where all Lazarus signs... from the Bible. Yeah. yeah. All signs point to death. And then people are able to come back after you know, trying to resuscitate and all that kind of stuff. I got a question. Yeah. I, I hope I have an answer. You're not, yeah. Um, I'm not expecting you to have an answer, but it's a question that I want to know more about. Um, when the paramedic calls the doctor, mm -hmm. the reason for him pronouncing over the phone, is it because that's a common thing to do? If the story lines up to death, they just go ahead and pronounce. Or was there, were was were they trying to save time or find a shortcut and just avoiding the hospital? What like I don't it know. It seems to me like they should automatically go to the hospital and not just go straight to the funeral home. Or is it a morgue or I don't know where you go. Funeral home. Yeah, if you're if the, you're I, I would I would say so the Cole funeral home came straight to the scene. Okay. Or the paramedics took her to the funer funeral funeral yeah. home. Why can't I say funeral funeral home and that's where she was for over two hours. In a bag. In a bag. And it wasn't until the embalmer opened the bag and then he called 911 because he saw her breathing. And so a grandmother of this lady said that she saw her breathing when they put her in the body bag. Still at home. Yes. You know, that we don't know. If she said anything. Right, 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 right. But also, one of the funeral home workers thought he saw signs of life. And the paramedics said, well, doctors already declared her deceased. And, you know, she's been this way for 30 minutes. She's gone. So they took her to the funeral home. That's what happened. Tamisha is still in critical condition. Um, she is on a respirator. And she only has brainstem activity at this point. So it does not look good, but let's be praying for Tamisha. Yeah. There's a missing piece that seems like... It could be in my reporting. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That I don't think a, so. Because it's a very real chance. I, it doesn't seem like it's in your reporting because it seems like there was just a step that wasn't taken, which is go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. Is that common? I mean, I... Yeah, I don't know. I, want, I mean, I could see if somebody had gotten clearly well, 
yeah. not alive. Yeah. You know, by whatever. I don't and so maybe under- that was the situation. They thought it was clearly not alive. That doesn't, I'm talking clearly. I'm talking, like, I don't want to go into more. Like no head? Yeah. Like, that's what I'm thinking. So if some, I could see that. Yeah. But if there's, this person had a seizure and passed away, it seems like there needs to be a mandatory step to go to a hospital. You would think. I don't know. I just, I've never. Hmm. You research that and get back to us I really next don't want week. to. Okay. All right. I got something. Okay. Let's hear it. Did you know that there is a National Toy Hall of Fame? I think it's in Ohio. Just because that's where the Football Hall of Fame is? No. Because I think I've seen it. Somewhere. It's actually in Rochester, New York. Oh, okay. Okay. Another story about Rochester, New York. Hmm. I think that's where Daniel Prude was. Oh. Huh. I think we're supposed to visit Rochester for some oh, reason. Oh, maybe we're not. Um, okay. So they just named the 2020 inductees to the Toy Hall of Fame. Okay. I'm going to guess. How many are there? There's 12. Oh, okay. I just want to guess one. Okay. So this doesn't mean this is the only toys that have ever been in. This is what is being inducted this year. Okay. So these are the 12 finalists for induction to the National Toy Hall of Fame. I have a question. Oh, boy. Is there, does it state who's qualified? Like, you have to be, you have been retired for five years? No. Like the So these are the finalists. Three will be chosen by a panel of judges, and three will be chosen by the public via player's choice. I want to pick. Voting is open September 9th through the 16th. So you can vote. I'm, I'm going to. Okay, so here are the nominees. Oh, I feel almost... Am I, on, am I on the Oscars or the Grammys? Okay, so here they are. Number one. Let's see how many of these we know. Okay. Okay. Number one is Baby Nancy. Never heard of her. Well, she was the first... Well, probably not the first, but the first, like, mass-marketed. Is that the word? Mass-marketed? Go on to the next, and I'll tell you if it's the right <laughs> word. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Mass-produced. That's what I meant. Got it. Mass-produced African-American baby doll. Okay. Baby Nancy. Baby Nancy. All right. Number two, bingo. The game, bingo. There was just a game called bingo? I thought yeah. game. I thought bingo was like tennis. I thought it's like... No. Sp- it was like a board game. You have to have the little cards and everything. Okay. Bingo. Pretty famous. They should get in. I think that they... They should be, that should be a unanimous vote. Unanimous. Okay, the next is Briar Horses. You may not know what this is, but I know it. Does this it have is. the real hard hair? It Briar Horses are very hard. They look just, I mean, they're very popular um, amongst collectors, mainly. Okay. So, very pretty good. good. No, next one, Jenga. That's a classic. It's a classic. It's a good one. Okay. Yeah. I like that. The next one is Masters of the Universe. He-Man. Oh, that's not Hall of Fame worthy. How do you... What? It's cartoon Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah, but the toys, the action figures. Yeah. Yeah, but they're the not He-Man They're not known action for the... Finger, figure? Yeah, but they're known for their... I think that they're known for the cartoon. I don't know. First off... Our kids have never heard of He-Man, which automatically means they shouldn't be in. That's dumb. That's dumb thinking. <laughs> is it? They probably don't know what a pogo stick is, but it should be in. Yeah, you're right. I usually am. Okay. The He-Man, I would vote for the cartoon to go in the Hall of Fame, but not the okay. action figure. Next, My Little Pony. 
definitely should go in I because know. their commercials were very memorable. My little pony. Yeah. My little. Okay. Risk. The game Risk. I, I am not a Risk connoisseur. I don't think I've ever played it. I know the name Risk. I obviously it, I would have told you it's a board game. I have no idea what the game is. It's card. No. It's like a war Nations. game. Nations. Yeah. I did that as a kid. Ooh, we should get it for Slater. It was a really cool game. Probably not Hall of Fame worthy, but I do remember it. Where, yeah, I think I remember it had Nations and you tried to take over Nations. Okay? Gotcha. Next, Sidewalk Chalk. Okay. That's a toy? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> that was a, does, it's, a, it's a given. Like, yeah. Yeah, but is that a toy? That seems like a, I don't know. Okay. Well, I have no argument there. Next. Sorry. The game Sorry, where you push the button, the bubble. Same as Risk to me. I could have told you it's a game. No idea how to play or what it looks like. Um, Well, the next one is Tomagachi. Never heard of it. It's a Japanese. um, You know what it is. I think it was called something different. I can't think of what it was. Was it called Uno? (laughs) No, it's like a little um, oval shape electronic and it's on a keychain and it you have to like keep your pet alive <laughs> what? remember this was no. popular a while back but you have to like make sure you feed it every like three hours or it dies that sounds horrible yeah dumb that Anyways, sounds like a fun game the last one is a for sure okay. yahtzee oh yeah yahtzee yahtzee is a good one what about the one where you roll pigs remember the one past the pig no it's like yahtzee and you roll the pigs it's called past the pig no not the one i'm thinking of there's one that you roll, and the best... they got to be up or down or something like that. But the most points is if you get them in the uncomfortable position. Stop it. I'm John, serious. This, you're going you're gonna to make our listeners be 18 or not. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That was the one you got the most points for. Oh, my gosh. I played it as a kid. All right. I think it's past the pig. Definitely not past the pig. I'm going to find out what it's called. We have it at Blue Sky. We have that game. Yeah. Well, maybe there's different versions. The one I'm thinking of was not called Past the Toy. Okay. Well, that's the Toy Hall of Fame. I like it. Okay. I've got one more story. Okay. I'm bringing it today. Come on. Virginia man gets permission to be buried in a juicy fruit themed casket. (laughs) (laughs) So this guy, he's 95. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Time out. Yeah. Why do you need permission? Because... From Juicy Fruit or from, from Mars Wrigley that they owns, have to give the that owns Juicy Fruit. Are you texting somebody? Right no, now? I'm re- I'm I'm doing some research. Oh, okay, sorry, John. Like, just texting his friends or something. <laughs> I got so, anyways, this guy loves him some Juicy Fruit. Okay. He is known for Juicy Fruit. Where it came from is that he was in World War II. Okay, mm-hmm. and the Mars Wrigley Company actually stopped selling Juicy Fruit in the United States and shipped all of their products to the service people. Really? In the Army. And that's where he, like, grew and grew this love for Juicy Fruit because it was, like, something from home, right? Yep. So now he goes, anywhere he goes, he hands out packs of Juicy Fruit gum. So now he is going to be buried in this yellow casket painted like Juicy Fruit. Because he's got to be like one of the greatest Juicy Fruit ambassadors that they have. Yeah, he's 94 years old. Like this is his thing. That's his thing. His name is Suddy Economy. Is that the... <laughs> I love Weird. that name. Suddy Economy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Pretty cool, huh? That is so cool. That... What would you want your casket painted? <sighs> I don't... Not Juicy Fruit? You know, anything after... anything. 
related to me being in a casket, I really don't care. <laughs> truth. <laughs> I just don't. It's true. Well, I just don't. That's but all the news I've got. Today. You know what it makes me think of is one of Mabry's favorite people is what Jack's best friend's grandfather. Yes. And we I'm not going to say his name. We just call him Grandpa. Uh-huh. That's what that's what Mabry calls him is Grandpa. He's known to her everywhere he goes, he passes out dum-dums. And if you've followed if, It got Mabry on dum-dums. Yeah, if anybody ever follows Run Mabry Run, you probably know that she eats dum-dums the whole time that she runs. And dumb that's what got her on dum-dums. But he always has a pocket full of dum-dums that he gives to every kid wherever he is. We always mm-hmm. see him at games. Mm-hmm. That's his thing is he passes out dum-dums. And I love it. When I'm a grandpa, I want something like that. I want to give out something. You want a niche. I want a niche. Like grandpa has dum-dums and like this, this guy, guy had, ju- had, juicy had juicy fruit. fruit. He always had juicy fruit. All right, Amy G, what's the next segment? Well, isn't that special? What do you have for us this week? I don't know if we've ever talked. Maybe we have. On this podcast, I mean, we've had so many episodes. So many. This is number it's, 15. It's hard to remember. But if you think, number number one was like, what, January? Yeah. Okay, so it's been a while. Yep. I've slept a couple times since then. So I was wondering if we or any of our listeners have ever, you know, had a discussion about this. But you and I take the boys on a mini vacation without Mabry in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Just the last two years. The last two years. The first summer, Mabry had sleepaway camp, which was the first time. So it was a huge deal. Um, So we took that opportunity to to go and spend some quality time with the boys. Um, This year, because of COVID, camp was canceled. But we decided to still go and take that time with the boys. I personally think it's so important. So important. And I remember posting and on Instagram, I posted this while we were on vacation and actually ended up getting a lot of correspondence just from people about how I can't help but feel guilty. And I know mm-hmm. I'm, I know I'm speaking for you as well. We feel guilty because we are technically on family vacation without the full family mm-hmm. and you can't help feel guilty. And I didn't feel OK about it until I felt OK about it. What I mean by that is. I feel guilty mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yes. And yes. then I could be okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And and I actually, um, a person that you and I are both connected with that has another podcast, we're connected with her on Instagram. I saw a post from her this week that they're on family vacation, but they left their daughter with special needs at home. Mm-hmm. Same scenario. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to feel guilty. You're missing a key component to the family. Right. But it's important and it's healthy to be able to have downtime and kind of be a typical family for three days. What was ours? Three or four days? Three or four days. And the key for it is to let the boys run the show. Let the, yeah. We're going to do what y'all want. Yeah. Because all the other times, we're not doing what you want. We're right. doing, here are the things that we can do with Mabry. Now y'all pick. Well, yeah. that's not the same thing. Yeah. We're going to do what y'all want. And really in the past, I think we weren't okay with this earlier because maybe really loved going on vacation yeah um the past couple times it's been hard we've been fighting maybe wasn't happy right so it wasn't it wasn't fun for her and that absolutely took the fun out of it for us yes and so even so the first summer she was at camp second year we had her favorite person in the world here to take care of her so she was living her best life yep and we were living our best lives we can do that for three or four days and be okay with it. Yeah. Totally. So 
this is me giving permission to families to do that. And it's okay to feel guilty about it, but it's also okay to do it. Yeah. In my opinion. For sure. You're going to feel guilty. You should feel guilty. And that's okay to feel guilty. And we, I was better about it this year. The first year I was like, oh gosh, it was hard, but I hope that it will get easier as we go along. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like we'd go like on roller coasters. Like we wouldn't do that because that's what Mabry would want to do. And our boys don't want to do that anyway. No. But you know what I mean? Like we're not going to do her favorite things on our vacation just to. We'll do that with her. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So what I have this week for Isn't That Special is something that we experience all the time. And I experience every night. But one night this week, it just made me laugh. And I appreciate it so much because there's a, Mabry is about to be 18. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of things that parents wish could happen with their 18-year-old son or daughter that they don't get to happen. And we get to happen. Mm -hmm. I posted on Instagram a couple of months ago how she sits in my lap. Yeah. And I appreciate that because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of dads who would love for their 18-year-old daughter to sit in their lap. What I experienced this week is Mabry's routine going to bed Mm-hmm. She falls asleep sitting next to me on the couch. Yes. We move her to our bed because mm-hmm. she won't go to her bed. Right. She gets into a deep sleep in her bed, in our bed. Mm-hmm. Then when it's time for us to go to bed, I move her in and she's in a deep sleep. I move her into her room. Yes. Okay. So that's the routine. So one night this week, I walk in to her to our room mm-hmm. where she's asleep and this is what I see. First off, her pajamas that she sleeps in is a full body suit Yes. that has... A zip up. It's designed with a zip up and pockets in the front, but we turn it around backwards so she can't unzip it. Right. Because she's a stripper. She's a stripper. So we tried to put her in something that she can't strip off. Mm-hmm. Well, she has a bunch of suits and they all get washed on a regular basis, except this week, for whatever reason, they weren't. Mimi took a break. Yeah, she took a break. And the only clean one was her Christmas elf suit. <laughs> So I walk in and Mabry is sound asleep on my side of the bed on Uh my pillow. And what I see is a 17-year-old girl in a Christmas elf suit (laughs) on my pillow, no makeup. Well, yeah. Okay. Drooling all over my pillow, Uh snoring like a man. She can snore snore like a man. And I just sat there and I smiled uh. because no, most 17-year-old girls would not ever allow themselves to be caught looking and acting like this. Yeah. Right? Hey, say what she, what, what she did when she put that elf suit on. <laughs> the material is like a really... Because she obviously hasn't worn it since... <laughs> January, February, right? And the material is different than all the rest of her suits. It's like a velvet. It's, it's like almost a velvety velour. Yeah. And so <laughs> she, I put it on her, and she looks at it, and she's kind of got this pot belly. Yeah. And she looks down at it, and she just starts rubbing it like it's <laughs> <laughs> rubbing her belly. Rubbing for good her luck. belly. It, yeah. <laughs> and so I just sit over her, over her, and I'm just smiling because I'm like, what a joy it is. I'm looking at the rawest form of a 17 year old girl. Most 17-year-old girls want to be seen in makeup. They don't want to, you know, they're not going to be seen like that. They're not going to be drooling all over the place. They would be mortified if somebody, even their dad, saw them like this, snoring like a grown man. And I'm like, 
These are one of the things that I appreciate. Yeah. These are one of the things. There's a lot of things. Why don't you appreciate when I do that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't understand. Because I feel like, I feel like there's. This is such a double standard. Here's why. Is because I think most 42-year-old women who have been married for 20 years probably are okay with their husband seeing them in their rawest form, which is, could be snoring, could be whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's 17 year old girls that are going to let their dad or their brother or their mom or their, even their best friend see them in this rawest form yeah. of no makeup, wearing something ridiculous, drooling all over the place and snoring like a man. And That's what I did last night. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just love that. And it's one of the things that we love about Mabry anyway, yes. because she never cares what she looks like. She doesn't wear makeup. She doesn't care about her clothes. She likes makeup. She likes makeup, but she doesn't need to wear it. No. She's not concerned about, you could put, a, you know, it doesn't matter what the t-shirt says, she's going to wear it. She just wants her favorite things on her shirts. Yes. Yeah. That so, was funny. That was my, isn't that special moment, is watching her sleep. How about like when she ripped the biggest burp ever during dinner last night? Over and over, like, oh, you feel better, and then a bigger one. Yeah. And then, oh, you feel better, and she would just grin, and then a bigger one. And sometimes when she burps, then she, like... Or passes gas. <laughs> then she'll like point to her stomach. Like, yep. man, I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. All right, Amy G, what you digging this week? Okay, so I'm a little late to the party. But have y'all ever used a Yeti? <laughs> That's dumb. Everybody's what? used a Yeti. Okay, but no, here's why. The only Yeti that I've ever had. You this, can't talk bad about it, by the way. I'm not talk bad about it but it was a fetty it was a fake yeti because it didn't keep things cold and you didn't know it until i had I didn't been know. so this whole time i've been like those things why do people love them so much because i mean this thing said yeti on it yeah but there's no way and i've been using one for years because i'm a coffee drinker uh-huh. so since they came out i've been using them and one day you didn't even, you didn't know yours was bad. And one day mine, I couldn't find mine. So I used yours. Yeah. And like 30 minutes later, I'm like, Amy, this is horrible. Well, what no is idea. this? So and you're like, at this whole time, I've been like, why do these people like, this is not good. And so, and also I'm a diet Dr. Pepper drinker and we don't keep it in the house. Cause I think that's going to make me, <laughs> it's a psychological yeah. thing. I, I think I'm going to drink less, but I love a good styrofoam cup. Yes. Right. So I would just go get a Diet Dr. Pepper in a styrofoam cup. So I never needed a Yeti, right? And so when I stopped, um, when I started cutting back on Diet Dr. Pepper, I started using a Yeti for my pink drink that I was drinking. Yeah. And I'm like, my gosh, this thing is awesome. (laughs) Because I was using yours. That worked. It worked. You haven't seen it in a while, have you? No. I left it at the fantasy football draft. Mine? The silver one. Ah, Jenny. <laughs> anyway. They're amazing. To, welcome to the party, Amy. <laughs> welcome to the party. How many years? You think six or seven years? Longer. Really? Yeah, I think so. Oh my gosh. Well, this just happened in the last two months. So. Yeah. yeah they're, they're pretty yetis. amazing. <laughs> Have y'all tried one of those Yetis? Have y'all Man. seen Hey, y'all ever use sidewalk chalk? <laughs> that the, stuff is awesome. It should be in the Toy Hall of Fame. It should. So, Amy, can you give an introduction to Garen Jones? I can. So, Garen and I actually grew up in the same town, Missouri City, Texas, right outside of Houston. Um, we attended high school together at some point. Um, 
And Garen just has an amazing story, an amazing testimony. Um, he went from being homeless, living in his car, to multimillionaire, speaking all over the world. And so it's just a really cool story. He's a dynamic speaker. He's inspirational. And I just think everybody is going to love hearing from Garen. So you guys stay tuned because my friend Garen Jones is up next. I had a very, very, very troubled childhood simply because I hang, I hung out with people who got in trouble all the time. So by nature, you would just do what, what, whatever your friends were doing. And I just kind of never stopped. And um, the only reason why I passed grades is because I kept taking summer school to get to get the grade, but I would get like F's on F's on F's on F's over and over and over. And, and I just couldn't seem to figure out how to grasp life. Like it seems like other people were happy, other people were successful. I graduated from high school and then my life literally started going downhill from there. There were no, there were few ups, but there were more downhill moments than there were ups. And fast forward to the time I was at, let's see, 22 years old. So from 2002 to 2005, I spent two and a half years in a French prison for drug smuggling, didn't have any discipline. I was always really passionate. I just never knew where to put the passion. And I was always making things about myself and being really selfish and seeing, you know, what's in it for me, what's in it for me, because I had never been taught how to, a, a way of being and leadership, and I had never been exposed to that kind of environment. So this was just a continuum of my childhood. And um, I'd say by the time I got out, I was just so far gone from knowing how to navigate through troubled waters of life that for the next 10 years, I went from couch to couch to couch to girl's house to couch to couch to living in my car for two and a half years. And that point, that's when I hit rock, rock bottom. I was $200,000 in debt because I hadn't paid taxes for seven years. My daughter pretty much disowned me. Uh, my girlfriend had broken up with me because I couldn't take care of my life. Uh, my mom was dying in the hospital. My brother was 357 pounds and he was like really obese and couldn't even walk one block without dripping beads of sweat. And I was living in my car and I contemplated suicide. So it, this was like dark, dark, dark. And I don't know where else to turn. Hmm. 3.43 in the morning, uh, at two, 2011, August, I just had this moment of surrender. I just was like threw my hands up and I yelled and I was like, okay, I'm tired of fighting. I don't want to fight anymore. I want to be healthy. I want to be happy. I want to be surrounded by nothing but positive people. I just want to inspire people. And, and I want to make a bunch of money, but I want the money to represent something that I passionately believe in. Just show me a sign. And in closing, I didn't know what that sign was going to be. A week later, I'm at a gas station and I, I had an encounter with a homeless guy who asked me for money. And I said, you have more money than me because he had a lot of money. And he said, change your mindset, change your life. And I don't know what it was about those words, but words contain, contain energy. 
it like stopped me in every thought I'd ever had in my tracks. I'm like, change your mindset, change your life. So if my mind is set on something, then that's why the result is what it is. So if I do different with the same circumstance, my life will change. Well, it's been nine years and every single day I come up against something where I'm resisting or something that I don't like. I've taught myself how to do the opposite. And now I'm here as somebody whose purpose and mission is to breathe life into humanity so they can discover their God-given talents and use it to produce extraordinary results in their lives. And now we're here on this podcast. Garen, you, you touched on it a little bit. And we've told you before, like this podcast, you know, our daughter Mabry is 17. Um, she has autism. She has a um, genetic disorder or genetic mutation, a gene mutation. Um, so that's kind of how this podcast got going, just to like encourage special needs families. Like, yes, it's hard, but it's totally worth it. Um, and here's why. Like, here's all these great stories, right? So you touched on it earlier that you had a diagnosis happen in high school. Tell us a little bit about that. And here's the thing. And you didn't even know that. I had no idea. I had no idea. So, so was it was it well known? Oh, no, not at all. I was okay. very ashamed. Okay. I was very ashamed. So here's the deal. So at an earlier age, I was diagnosed with a learning disability. So what would normally take someone three days to learn would take me six months. And we didn't know this and we didn't have insurance. So I never could really go see anybody. They just said, you're, you have a, you know, he just, he, he needs to, um, what is it called? They would put me in like smaller and smaller and smaller rooms. So I went from advanced classes and I, it, it was like, everything was moving so fast. And even with a tutor, then they put me in academic classes and then everything was still moving so fast. Then they put me in foundation classes and everything was still moving so fast. So here's the deal. The, re the thing that got me by is I cheated my way through high school. So all the grades that I got, it wasn't from me actually doing the work. It was act actually snoozing up with somebody else. Can I copy off this? And I'll give you this if you let me cheat off your paper. I got really good at that, but then I started getting caught very often. So I've never read my very first book that I ever read when I was 18 years old. It's called The Power of Positive Thinking by Dr. Norman Vincent Peale. I never read books. So I didn't even have the, I couldn't enunciate words because I never even developed the muscle. And I used, to, I used to talk like this and I had a really big lisp. And I was intimidated by people. And this is even when I was a little kid, but I didn't know why. I was intimidated by people who would speak eloquently with big words, passionately like I do right now. Like I would clam up in a shell and I just, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't talk. So what I would do is I would find a way to express myself in another way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then I went to a smaller class. Then they put me in the, into the, the, um, the special needs classes. And then I started excelling. Mm -hmm. So my process is it's the processing speed. Even till this day, 
I still have it. Mm-hmm. However, when I used to tell myself that I was slow, and I used to tell myself that I can't keep up and that everybody's better than me, the story that I told myself, I actually started living out the story. I picked up a book, not to know what's in the book, but only to over-enunciate every word that was in there. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I had no idea what book I was reading. It's called The Power of Positive Thinking. And I was so negative to myself. And so were the people around me. Because people were speaking to my needs. Oh, you need this. You need that. I need to help them. You need this. But no one ever asked me what I wanted. And so I do a lot of work in this area because I know what happened to me. And so as I'm reading, all right, he conceded. I'd like to, and I was over-enunciating every word like this. But I was also taking in all of these positive thoughts and affirmations, ways to treat other people, ways to treat myself. I didn't know So by the time I stopped reading, I stretched my mouth out so much that I was talking like this. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. It blew, but this was like my own self-discovery journey. But inside of this book, I was learning how to be confident and how to believe in myself and how to block out the noise, even from my mom, my dad, and all these other people, anything that I'd ever heard, and actually listen to my own inner voice. But when I learn how to tell myself who I am, that created a new story because our lives is constructed of a bunch of stories and we live out those stories. You get molested when you're a little kid, you tell yourself a story, that story will create your life. If your dad was domestic violence, Boom, you tell yourself a story and you'll live out that story, which is why often you attract variations of things that you were domesticated with in childhood. God used Moses, who has a speech impediment, to proclaim his message to the world. So yeah, that means he can take you too. And so much of that, you know, um, reminding yourself, telling yourself the story you want to tell yourself, is so much, you know, I could tell myself daily, I failed my kids today. Nope, I'm the daughter of the most high king, you know, to remind yourself over and over and over again. No, who I am is royalty, you know, I'm not, yeah, yeah, I forgot to pay my water bill. Nope, royalty. Karen, over the last couple of days, Amy and I have read through some of your book, and we really like the part where you talk about the metamorphosis of a butterfly. And how in the dark places, in the cocoon, the transformation and the growth happens and the butterfly doesn't even know what's going on. Can you talk about some of those dark places for you in which that metamorphosis was happening? Um, One of the biggest places when I was in prison, uh, I didn't learn until about two years in while I was in there serving a 12-year sentence. In losing my freedom, I discovered my freedom because while I was out, I felt like I was in prison. But while I was in, that's when I discovered, oh, 
I remembered that I love to sing. I remembered that I love to draw. I remembered that I love to run. And then when I started doing all those things, I was sharing portraits of other people's in uh, families and inmates, and they were like happy. And I, when I would sing, other inmates would feel free. When I would run, less people were fighting, stabbing, less drug deals, everything. And I would run within 30 days, 60, 60 people were running with me who'd never run inside of the prison. So while I was in prison on lockdown and everything was taken away from me, when you connect the dots looking backwards, I feel like God removed all the distractions so that I could actually be with myself and remember all of my gifts and everything that was outside of me that I was trying to distract myself with. When I was in that cocoon, that's where the most, most growth was taking place. And that's where the most, I was praying more, I was meditating more, I was writing songs, I was creating, I was doing all the stuff that I've loved to do since I was a child. And when I reached the peak state of that, well, guess what? If I fill up this cup, you are not gonna see it until it spills over into the next can container. In the cocoon, I filled up my set myself so much, the spillover of that was a free version of myself when I was embodying all the characteristics of freedom. So it, while I was in it, that was the biggest cocoon. Hindsight, that was where I learned all the lessons so that I could use in the next level of my life. Darren, the title of your book is Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life, and you've talked about the impact of those words. A lot of listeners of this podcast are parents of special needs, yeah. and a lot of parents of special needs feel like they have no choices in life. What advice do you have to really encourage them and show them, speak life into them, that they do have options in life? All right, so this is actually my favorite part. I had a friend who had a little brother named Jeep, who's a special needs child. It's so interesting because it's actually my favorite story that I tell all over the world. So this podcast is not an accident. <laughs> Jeep is 23 years old, but there's a there's a something in his brain that has him operate like a five-year-old. Jeep was also 400 pounds and on the verge of death if he did not lose weight. And people would always speak to his needs. You need to do this. You need, you need, you need, you need, you need. I remember what happened with me. I didn't know Jeep, but when I went to his house and I met, and, I, and I, then I met Jeep and I went to his room and I saw these puzzles, these were like, Legos, like lifetime Batman Legos. I'm like, yo, how did you do it? It's like, this is not normal. But when you live with somebody your whole life, everything they do is pretty much normal mm -hmm. to them because they're used to seeing it. But I'm like, I'm looking at these 5,000 puzzle piece sets and all these different things. And I'm like, I was like, PJ, do you mind if I ask Jeep a few questions? I was like, 
um, I was like, Jeep, you love puzzles, don't you? He's like, I love puzzles. I love puzzles. And he, his energy just elevated like crazy. And I said, what do you love puzzles? He's like, I love connecting. And you could see the passion in his fingers going, I love connecting the pieces together. I love just connect, right? And I said, so what makes you sad? And he goes, when people blame me for doing things I didn't do. Mm. And then I said, when was your earliest memory of that? You said, it wasn't me. They blamed my dad. They blamed my dad for cheating on my mom. And I said, what happened? He said, it was my, I took it. And he said, he, he basically said, I took it as my fault. And I said, what happens when you think things are your fault? He said, I eat. And I'm trailing it all the way back. And I, and I said, so what do you want more than anything in the world? He was like, I just want my mom and dad to get back together. I just want my mom and dad to get back together. And I'm watching the way he did his hands and something he wants more than anything in the world. And I'm saying, you love puzzles, don't you? He said, yeah. I said, what do you love about puzzles? I love putting the pieces together. And I'm like, oh my God. So I went to what's connected to his heart. I saw what happened to me. I saw what happened with my daughter. I saw what happened with so many people. I was like, well, the heart's the most powerful frequency in the world. So why not speak to the heart? So that's what I would share with the parents is it's like, when you know truly, not what you want for them, <laughs> what they want, their heart is their own living essence. That thing has greatness inside of it. So when you speak into that and that's planted into the world, it's like the, 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 the universe has a way of showing up and the miraculous happens. It's like you, my mother always told me, do your part, God will handle the rest, but don't try to control the rest. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Garen Jones. And remember, those were just the highlights of our one hour conversation with Garen. That entire interview is on our YouTube channel. So go to YouTube, search Totally Worth It with John and Amy. There's also a link to that episode in the show notes and subscribe to our YouTube channel. But you'll want to listen to that full interview with Garen because his story, his testimony is amazing. And we hope that you'll come back next week when we have another great guest. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.